Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about how to make your customers stick, how to make your website much more sticky and get much more engagement, particularly for customers or e-commerce sites where the sales cycle is slightly longer and you're selling something maybe of a higher average order value. We're talking about best ways for people to get started, bridging to the customer and understanding what the triggers are that they use to get the purchase done. There's also in the show notes some training on choosing your e-commerce stack, your tech stack, what software to use for e-commerce, what makes sense. That's in the Facebook group this uh, this week as well. Uh, But if you pop in email address, we'll send over that. That's about an hour's uh, workshop where we talked about lots of different softwares that was available for e-commerce and comes through with some of our recommendations from one of our senior technical people. Uh, So without further ado, Let's get started. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yes, I'm fine. I'm okay. Excellent. A lot of e-commerce well, conference calls this this week. Well, you, you are a man in demand, whereas I'm sitting on my hammock in the sun. Actually, it's been raining a bit, quite a lot, but it's, uh, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we wanted to do, talk today about um, like browser stickiness, making your website, your e-commerce website sticky. So if you imagine, obviously, everybody talks about the bounce rate. And if you had a tennis ball and you covered it in glue, then it wouldn't bounce anymore, would it? It would stick. So there's... Uh, and we, this kind of harks back to a podcast we did called Bridging to the Customer, mm. which was like actually finding out, you know, putting a bridge out to the customer and saying, well, you're here. Um, we need to go over there. And I, I, like we tend to do these podcasts based around things we've been working on, on recently. So this kind of is, is, is similar to that. And there's a lot of things that have come out from it. So um, we'll dig into it. Do you want to talk anything about the concept? Yeah, sure. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking... Thinking about, um, thinking about it just before, and basically, I remember when, when we first started talking about the podcast and in the book, we talked a lot about something called um, the Ads Basket stat. Obviously, now everybody talks about the Ads Basket all the time, but you know, when we first started talking about Ads Basket, we said, well, if the Ads Basket's low, it's, it's normally because the bounce rate's quite high. And often it be, it's because they're landing on the product page and the product page is a dead-end page and there's nowhere else to go. So what do they do? They bounce off and go back into Google. And that's still, that's still really relevant. That's still, that's still true. And, but I think what's, what's happened is we've, we've, over the years we've taken that concept much further. And it isn't just the session that that visitor is on there and then that that you have to worry about it's like in a lot of cases often the customer's just not ready to buy yet they're browsing you know they're discovering um and so you've got to you've got to understand where that customer is because i know you say you 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 criticize me sometimes mark and you say Look, you know, they don't always buy. You know, I always say often people don't buy on the first visit. And, and the truth of it is some websites people, people buy on the first visit, but some websites they, they, they don't. So you kind of go, well, first of all, what, which websites or which type of purchases do people buy within their first session and which ones take a bit longer? And, you know, that was an interesting one. And, and, and it's often how long the buying window is. And we used to talk about the buying window. You don't know if you remember Mark, years ago, we would always say, well, how long is the buying window for this? Like if you're buying a sofa, you know, the buying window from when they start browsing, thinking about it to then ultimately making the decision it might be like a month and a half. You know, whereas if it's, um, 
you know, I think that my new example to replace the car battery is a, a replacement fridge hinge, which is even more problem-solving rational purchase, isn't it? And that's, like, really quick. Like, you need yeah. it. It's a problem. You need it. You're probably going to buy pretty quickly within maybe, you know, half a day to a day, making sure it's the right one. So what do you do yeah. in the scenario where you're selling a sofa, it takes a month, you, you, you know, is it, it's, you know, in order to get the uh, the ads a basket and the bounce rate down and the stickiness, you've got to do much more than make the product page, you know, not not a dead end page. You've got to do something much bigger in order to make that person stick and come back to your well, site. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, if you think as, as you said that, like with the the hinge, it's like when things are sold, and like when when a house is sold. You know, you go into an estate agent um, uh, or a real estate agent and you um, they have a meeting with you, sit down with you and talk about what you might want. Now, if you imagine, like if you're going to buy a hinge for your refrigerator, imagine going to a shop and say, OK, well, why don't you come in on Tuesday and we'll sit down and we'll talk through the hinges that are available to you in the market at the moment. And you'd be like, I just want a hinge. <laughs> Shut up. Just give me a hinge. So it's 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 effectively you know, you can, and, and we're doing that in e-commerce a lot of the time with big purchases. We're kind of looking at the smaller transactional businesses and we're trying to fit the model onto them and thinking that it's it's going to make sense for them. So, you know, where we see the most disconnect is when you've got a larger purchase and there's the steps that need to happen because, you know, it's a bit like when people, you know, typically with the older Google Analytics, People would see referral or PayPal or ShopPay, and they, they would come through, and they'd be the the referrer. And you know, if you took that literally, you'd go, "Well, we just need PayPal to send us more traffic," and that's not what you want to do at all. Actually, you need to get the thing that brought people into PayPal in the first place to bring you more traffic, not the PayPal thing. And so you can focus on the wrong metrics because the add to basket rate. If you just focus on the add to basket rate on like a sofa website you're missing what's happened beforehand to make them want to do that in the first place. Yeah. So we effectively want to make the whole website stickier for those people and to start them off. So, um, and you can't, you, and we, you've got, you've got to take people through the emotions that they've got to go through. So, so I think we'll talk, if we talk a little bit about the business that we're working with at the moment, and they're selling yeah. a, a men's tailoring item, a very expensive, you know, sort of five, six thousand dollar, you know, men's tailoring item. And why don't we call it a bespoke suit? Well, I you know, I just wanted to sort of keep it slightly mysterious. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think I think you're pretty much you're pretty much there with it. So. Yeah. Bespoke suit. It's a bespoke suit. Bespoke suit. So the signing bespoke suit, and um, you know, it, this isn't a be, this isn't a normal bespoke suit. This this is this is like a five thousand dollar, you know, bespoke suit. And this this particular business is quite unique in the way they handle it. And you know, it you know, no one's going to rock up to that website not knowing who they are and going to buy a five thousand dollar bespoke suit there and then without knowing anything about this business you know and 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 what one of the hooks one of the newsletter hooks that this business was originally doing was was giving away um five free swatches and Mm -hmm. it was like it was way too soon like that was their newsletter hook so you know it's a bit like if you thought if you think about what that experience would be like if you, if, you know, physical bricks and mortar store, you know, you're in, you're in London on a beautiful, you know, uh, really expensive shopping boulevard or you're in New York and one of the, you know, I don't know, some great place in New York. I should know some good suits in New York, but you know what I mean? You're in a really good place you, where all your customers are walking around. Your potential customers are real, you know, the real affluent types are there. Right. And it's like mm. you go up to somebody in the street and say, "Hi, do you want do you want five free swatches?" And they're going to go, mm. "No, I don't. I don't want five free swatches. Why the hell would I want? Who the hell are you?" And you know that's that's basically what's happening. 
And so it's way too soon. They're not ready. The customer is no, not, not, it hasn't gone through the processes of, and you think about it, you know, it's about desirability, isn't it? You know, you can't skip that stage. You've got to create desirability or convincibility. If you're selling a, an emotional lifestyle product, the first thing you've got to do in an e-commerce business is create desirability. If it's a problem-solving rational purchase, you've got to create convincibility that's going to get the job done. So you can't skip a, skip a step. They didn't, he hadn't created desirability yet. He'd gone straight in, do you want some swatches? And that... And you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful with that because when you look at someone like Louis Vuitton or Chanel or you know Tiff, Tiffany's and you go to those websites, people are already bringing that with them. And so therefore you don't have to do that step on their website because they already know who Louis Vuitton is. In fact, Louis, the guy who owns Louis Vuitton is now the richest person in the world. He just overtook Elon Musk. Ah, so yes. He's coming around for dinner. Saw the the headline. Yeah. Going to give him baked beans on toast. Yeah. 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 English recipe, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that the, the thing is we're trying to say is that the, the, the kind of, metaphor I use a lot is give them a sample of cake don't force them to eat the whole cake first it's kind of like you know someone saying do you want this cake and just shoving it in their mouth and it's like hang on a minute I don't know if I want that well, cake I don't know who you are I don't know what you put in it well hang on it's I like, think it's even simpler than that I think I think you know you've got to understand the job to be done you know so you know in, yeah. in all cases you know when you're buying a, when you're buying a bespoke suit you're not you're not buying. You're not buying a bespoke suit to buy a bespoke suit. You're buying a bespoke suit because you've got a wedding. You've got um, you've got a really great event. You're going on holiday. You've got a summer occasion. You want to look really good. You want everyone to go, wow, you know. And I feel amazing. That's why you're doing it. If you buy a table yeah. lamp, you're not buying a table lamp. You're buying a table lamp because you want your house. Because you're doing up your house. You're, you know, you've got a dinner party, you've got loads of people going over Christmas, and you want it to look amazing. You know, you buy what you yeah. buy a saucepan. Why are you buying a saucepan? Because you, you've got a you've got a dinner party for you know for twelve people on Sunday. You know, why are you buying a yeah, sofa? I think I think a really a really good way to think about it is to invert it. So if you're trying to sell a bespoke suit, the first thing you should say is who wouldn't I want to buy a bespoke suit from, right? And you'd go, well, someone who's not, who's, who's really cheap, going to use really cheap material, who's, who's, who's going to be, uh, who's never made a suit before, you know, like you, it becomes clear what you wouldn't want. And then you can kind of say, well, why, why wouldn't we want that? Yeah. What do we need to prove on the other side? Same with a table lamp. Who wouldn't want to buy a table lamp from? Someone, if, someone who's got like a bric-a-brac shop that just, just doesn't understand style. I'm going to get something from the 1940s that just, Looks yeah. rubbish, mind you. That's probably in fashion now. Who knows? But you know, yeah. like it, try and invert it, yeah, because it frees you up to kind of understand what what you well, should be and doing. And you know what? The biggest thing this this bespoke suit company, you know, they're selling a suit for five thousand dollars. So the higher the price tag, the more you've got to work at desirability. You know, convincing the desirability yeah. there because you you know if if you were selling a suit for two hundred dollars then you don't have to work quite as hard. And actually, you probably do an offer no. architecture in place, but you're selling something for $5,000 suit. You've got to really focus on desirability. So you've got to go all in. So now would be a good time to tell that vi- the violinist story, I think. Yeah, so in the, in the report that I did, I was talking about that there was a very, very famous violinist who was the best in the world um, at you know, one of the best uh, violins. I think he was... You can't remember his name, um, can you? Well, I'm looking here. I've got it in front of me. Joshua Bell. (sighs) And so Joshua Bell, the violinist, was organised by Washington Post on a social experiment to go into the supermarket and play his violin. And I think that night or that week, he was selling, he was playing to a sellout concert at one of the big event event centres. And they, you know, the Washington Post did it as a kind of social experiment to kind of see whether people could perceive beauty and stop and appreciate beauty, you know, in their busy lives. But actually on the flip side of that, the reason that people didn't stop and didn't notice and didn't happen is because they hadn't had the pre-persuasion to understand all the mental models that they use to actually understand 
whether so hang on a second so, you, so you're saying that, that the violinist stood in the shopping mall and everybody just walked past and ignored him well they didn't yeah they ignored him now here's the thing the average person doesn't know what a good violinist is they can't tell the difference between someone who's very good and someone who's genius level like really they don't know it's the same and, and with a lot of the luxury products they haven't got the skills to understand that so therefore something like a bespoke suit or something like that it's like i get a bespoke suit made and i'm wearing it i don't know the difference between an okay bespoke suit and an amazing one because i don't i'm not a professional bespoke suit person so what they do is they use the cues from mental models they go well this guy is in front of 40,000 people paying his violin he must be pretty good all these well the fact is the you've paid for the ticket and it's been a sellout yeah. gig and you've probably paid you know i don't know $300 to go and see this person so obviously that's that's massively giving a lot of credibility Whereas if they yeah. weren't and told... And then it makes you listen. Yes. It makes yeah. you listen in a different way and you appreciate it. It's called... Like, uh, Cialdini did a, a book on pre-persuasion. And the pre-persuasion is super, super massive. So therefore, if you've got something to sell, like a bespoke suit, all those pre-persuasion, all those mental models need to be built up so that therefore you want to have it done. If you just rocked up... I mean, if you've got the best... Savile Savile Row, yeah, yeah. Savoy, Savile Sav- Sav- Row <laughs> Taylor, Sav- right? The best Savile Row Taylor, uh, yeah, <laughs> the best sausage in the world, the best Savile Row Taylor from London, and you took him to a dodgy street in, um, let's call it Auckland, a dodgy street in Auckland, and he had a suit business there. Like, if he couldn't tell you that he was the top tailor from Savile Row, and he was just someone you walked in on you would not pay that price because you've not been through all those mental model hoops that you need in order for you to think this guy's amazing. It's, it's the way things are triggered and layered make a big difference to what actually has the yeah. outcome. Now, you know, if you are Chanel or you're like Louis Vuitton, you don't have to do those kind of things because you've built it elsewhere. You know, they, they well, you're coming a very interesting article about, how they do it and they don't sponsor they, they don't do traditional advertising a lot of the time but they sponsor events and they tend to not sponsor an individual team member but the actual whole event so they get associated with the event and that's their marketing and that's where they then when you come into the shop they go oh this is their lifestyle and they don't discount they very rarely discount and it's 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 completely different because what they're actually selling is status they're selling the badge of status, and they it and, is, it is and they play they play the scarcity card more than the discount card, don't they? Absolutely. You know the limited Absolutely. limited so, edition, so do, limited pieces, and they'll constantly be reaching out to an up and coming artist or someone's trending and doing like a um, a kind of collaborative project with them, and there will only be like four of them, and they'll be selling it for very expensive. So they'll be doing it with, you know. Like, I'm sure they would do things with like Banksy if they could and people like that. But they, you know, that's how they become where they are. And they bring that and then you come into the store and that's already all done. Mm. And when we are an independent tailor or someone who does high-end sofas, all that kind of stuff, we have to have all that world done for them in front of them. And so it becomes the layer of what we're going to do first. So the, the, this bespoke suit guy was effectively saying, you know, uh, give me your email address and I'll give you five swatches. And it's like, well, I don't know who you are. I don't know whether I want a suit. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're not there yet. It's like going to a holiday website. What you haven't yet done is demonstrated credibility at yeah. all. You haven't demonstrated desirability, credibility, positioning, authority. Um, you haven't demonstrated any trust whatsoever you've yeah. just gone in do you want to buy a suit it's, it's basically as good as saying do you want to buy a suit mate and yeah. i mean if you did the 10 percent off which everybody does you're effectively only giving 10 percent off to the people who convinced to yeah. buy. so it let just, me just let me just let me just yeah. talk about the flow of e-commerce and i think i said it before but you know you start off with desirability you've got to demonstrate desirability and then you start to think about the anxieties and the friction points that people might have 
Like, when will it arrive? Will it fit me? What if I don't like it? What if I send it back? What if it breaks? What if it doesn't work? Et cetera, et cetera. And then you start to think about the reason why to act, like giving them a nudge. And unless you have done those things in that order, they don't work. So let me let me tell you, let me give you an idea. So, you know, the scarcity of, of limited edition or the offer architecture won't work unless you've resolved the anxiety points. And the anxiety points, right, like returns policy, um, guarantees, you know, next day delivery, in stock, you know, warranties, all those kind of things, they don't work unless you've demonstrated desirability. And I think the biggest one to get right is that is the first one. Because I think in that in that scenario we're saying with this this bespoke suit this, this five thousand dollar suit it's like if you get the desirability and the credibility piece right you can pretty much get away with a pretty ropey experience online and you'd still they they're not you know you could almost bypass the anxiety bit you know if you yeah. if you really position yourself what properly. Really, and, and and really understand how you can get their email address, obviously, which is the biggest start. Then, well, let me say, like, if, let's say David David Beckham was going to do a free kick course for four people, and he was only going to run it once. He could have the worst website in the world, yeah, and it was still people would still sign up for it. It's not like the website experience is going to put people off. It's like David Beckham's going to do a free kit course. And it's only going to cost two hundred dollars, and he's going to do it. And mm. you'd, you'd fight through hoops to do it. So it's kind I mean, of like about we're not understanding saying, the momentum. We are not saying by any stretch of the imagination that you know your website is not important because obviously it's massive. It'll be on, you know, it's very very important yeah. in so many ways. But if you if you get that desirability piece right at the start. Or convincibility, if it's a problem-solving rational process. What are you doing? You're clicking. Sorry, I was moving the drumsticks, trying to do it really subtly. You didn't. It wasn't right. subtle. <laughs> if, you, if, you get, if you get it right, it can elevate you to, the, to, that, to that next step. And that's why, I mean, that's basically what brands do. That's what big brands do. You look at a big brand and you go, how the hell are they convincing? You know, they haven't got returns policy on the product page. They haven't got any warranty. We don't even tell us when it's going to arrive. You know, yeah. but they're massive. They've done a hundred million, and it's because they've got the desirability piece right before they even get to the website in the first place. Now, yeah. what does that mean, Mark? Because most people will be listening to this, doing yeah, you know I, between I one and how does this 10, help me? <laughs> yeah, one and ten million. Like, what are we saying? How does this practically what? help? Because we, you know, we can't magically click our fingers and create desirability, can we? And you know, we can't, you know, because obviously it's going to take lots of brand and et cetera. We're going to sponsor events. No one's going to sponsor events in this. Most people won't. So do you know what I think the answer is? No, you know what yet. I'm going to say? You don't know what I'm going to say. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say, I do. I'm going to say it's email. It's email. Yeah, but hang on. Hang on. You've got to get the email. That's the first thing, isn't yes. it? Yes. You've got to get the email. You've got to get the email so, because then... So how do you get the email? Well, and that's the thing we talked about last week, but it's kind of relevant. It's re it is relevant to now. We talked about how the newsletter hook is very, very important when you've got a long buying window. So this five thousand mm. dollar suit scenario, like it's going to take them. It might take them six months to make the decision. Yeah, you know, it's a real busy. So you've, you've got to start getting the email. So how do you get the email? And you know, what do you use? And, and, you know, I won't, I don't want to give it away because it's actually quite what we've come up with for this particular customer is quite interesting. Well, look at us. Look at how we, we, we did it with some part of our businesses, you know, with our consultancy business. We built, we wrote a book, didn't we? We wrote a book for our consultancy business, we which works in a couple of ways, works very well. First of all, it's a good book, right? So it's a good book that people can use regardless of whether they choose to work with us or not. It's just a positioning piece. If someone's written a book, you've got their captive attention and you can position yourself in the book. I mean, obviously you're not going to write about yourself as if you're an idiot. And so it, it, it helps. 
but it's the kind of like first step. But we've had to do that. We've had to do that because, you know, our buying window is massive. People might hear about the Hamilton Brothers. You know, it might take them months, six months, a year, two years of listening to us talk to us and then eventually do it. But, you know, that's not how normally commerce works. You know, so most people, no. but their buying window will be between, you know, 24 hours, you know, 24 hours, well, an hour and a month. You know, so when somebody, yeah. let's say, let's say they're buying a, you know, a, a table lamp you know, or um, or some clothing or something. It's normally between a day and a month, isn't it? Um, yeah. And so that's, that's re- so I think the biggest, the biggest thing is often how big is the buying window and where is that customer at? Do they need, do they need convincing? Do they need a, like a wizard? Do they need a get started guide? You know, yeah. do they need yeah. something to stop them in the tracks? And often, you know, we talked a lot last week about how the newsletter hook doesn't need to be the same hook as the new customer offer hook. Mm. And and that, I mean, and all that does, you know, it, and, I, and I said this a couple of times to a few people, and I kind of thought that they understood what I was saying, when, but they sort of questioned it. And, and, and what I was really saying was that, you know, you could take a bigger, more attractive newsletter hook which might be, you know, your exclusive access to the discounts up to 50% off, and that can be your hook. And then your your new customer offer can be, your, you know, your standard 15 20% off, yeah. whatever it might be. Well, it's also the stickiness, isn't it? The sticky, how do you make them sticky? So like, sort of like Warby Parker who sells glasses, they know that the biggest anxiety about buying glasses online or buying glasses is getting some glasses that suit their face. So you get them into a wizard and you say, well, what size of face have you got? What do you do like this? These these glasses are going to be re- relevant for you. And during that process, you can grab the email address. You know, same with and the, that's the same dog. with Naked Wines. I'm going to say Naked Wines is a yeah. classic example of that. Naked Wines have to convince people that they're not just a normal, boring wine seller online. And yeah. they take you through this little quiz that's very, very clever. And we've worked with Naked Wines you know, about, I don't know, how many years ago, and they've had this quiz since since then. They've always had it. We looked about it and talked about it and split tested it. Mm-hmm. And the quiz basically takes people through and it warms them up about, it convinces them why Naked Wines are so much better than anybody else. And at the end of it, there's a £30 or $30 coupon you get your email address for. It's very yeah, clever. That's, that, that's kind of like, so, you know, so like if you think about it, sometimes – Sometimes you can sell a piece of cake, like bedding. You can sell some bedding straight away often. You can sell some bedding. Obviously, you want to get the email addresses of people as well at the same time. Sometimes you can sell it. Sometimes the first step yeah. you want them to take is give them give you the, the email address. And you can say, look, get this, and you can do a bait. You can say um, 10 things you want to avoid about buying a wedding dress or something like that. Like, so you can say, these are the disasters. Avoid these disasters. Read this before you choose a wedding dress. You know, it could be a bait like that. And you could, that could be the email address. In other cases, even giving the email address is too much, and therefore you you take them through some kind of like online uh, choosing quiz or something like that, and then they've warmed them up enough to get their email address. So yeah. you've got to work out what is it that your browser is willing to give you on the first step to make the website sticky. So you're not kind of saying, I'd like you to jump over from this side of the river all the way over to the other side of the river. You're kind of saying, no, I'm going to put a first small stepping stone here. Would you like to go on to this? Okay, I'll go on to that. That's fine. I feel feel comfortable about doing that. I don't want to jump the whole river yet. And so yeah. it's working out what those stepping stones are. And obviously, you know, like if we can go across the whole river straight away, let's do it. You know, we don't want to put obstacles in the way if people are willing to jump straight over yeah. the bedding. It's like, here's the bedding. Do you want to buy it? Let's, let's get it done, you know. But if you find yourself in a place where people are needing to be warmed up, like home safes is a good example. Like people kind of look for a home safe, but they don't know what home safe they want because it's kind of, well, I know it's going in the wall and I know it's this, but it's only, I'm only going to ever buy one home safe and I need to get it right. So, you know, I need a quiz. I need to say, well, where are you going to put it? And it is, okay, I'm going to put it, it is, here. you know what? And it is actually bridging the gap between where the visitor or browser you said before 
you know, how are they going to yeah. get from A to B? You know what? And it's like it's like if that if you had a shop and you were selling safes in a shop, and a and a, and a customer, a potential customer, walks in the door. How would you, and they had no bloody idea. How would you get them to all to the point where they are ready to buy it? They bought. You know yeah, what you would you take you them shout through? at them as they came to the door and say, uh, "Give us your email address, and I'll give you free velvet lining in the in the bottom of that blue safe over there." You'd well, you, and you wouldn't on. say, and you wouldn't say, "Do you know that all our safes have a thirty day money back guarantee?" I don't even know what safe I want. I don't care whether it's got a thirty day yeah. money back guarantee. I'm, 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 I haven't even convinced me that this is the place I should even. Buy yeah. safes from. I don't know if you've even got a safe that's going to be no. applicable to my insurance company that's asking me to put the safe in the thing. You know, it's like I don't care about what it is. I just want to make sure it fits with what I'm what I'm coming in with. And so you have to understand where they are and also what they're willing to do because you know people coming to that bespoke suit website they might not be coming to buy bespoke. I mean, a lot of a lot of the traffic's coming to this from blogs and YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. They're not they're not in the mark in the mind for a bespoke suit at that point. You've got to take them from like where they are, which is kind of like I'm starting to get interested in a bit more fashion. Maybe I should start looking a little bit better. To take them through the process to say, you know, every every man at some point in life should have a bespoke suit made. You should experience. Everybody should have. You should if you're going to do it, you might as well do it with the best. And this is the process. You know, like you've got to convince them that story, well, haven't you? You've if you, you have, it's, you just think about the two extreme examples we've spoken about here. You've got an e-commerce site selling a bespoke suit for $5,000 versus an e-commerce website selling a replacement fridge hinge for your, you know, hot point XYZ fridge. Like mm. they're both e-commerce sites. And they're both on the same platform. Maybe one's on Shopify, one's on Magento. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what platform they're on. Yeah. But think about the differences that that customer has got to go through. So, you know, the, the, the replacement fridge hinge, he is, they've got to make sure, could be she, she or he has got to make sure or got to be convinced that this fridge hinge is definitely going to fit the fridge door. And they're going to be anxious about if it is the right one. They're probably going to be anxious about anxious about when it's going to arrive because it's broken. Yeah. There's a lot of friction around um, the credibility of it. Is it going to is it going to be the, you know, the good enough quality? Is it going to do the job? Am I convinced? Is there evidence of trust that other people have used it before? Like, but it's very quick. Like, you're not going to get the email address. Nobody wants to sign up to your website. Where you yeah. selling fridge replacement hinges? Yeah. So, so would it's you like about... me to email you every day about possible fridge su- uh, support? So, so you've got to. You, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've got probably twelve hours to convince that person to buy that replacement fridge hinge from you, and you've got to do that stickiness there and then on the website. Because yeah. otherwise, they're going to solve the. They're going to go and solve the problem somewhere else, or they're going to get you know, the, you know. And your biggest competitor in, in that kind of scenario is them going into a store and having a conversation with someone saying, "Look, tried yes. to look online, but I couldn't work out which." I can't do it. What, yeah, no. yeah. You so you got that scenario, and that's that. You know, it's a, it's a. It, it, it just think about where you sit in between. Are you the fridge replacement hinge, or are you the five thousand dollar bespoke suit? And think about how different those the difference the size going to be. You know what's what the process is. What's really important is people get distracted or get confused when they're thinking about stickiness between the need of something and the trigger for something. So let me give you an example, mm. like. When we were looking into mattresses, lots lots of people sell mattresses online these days, and we were looking into a market for somebody. And the, you know, I'd said to him, "Why do people buy a new mattress?" And he goes, "Oh, it's because they have a bad back, they want to sleep better, and they want to, you know, all that kind of stuff." And I was like saying, "Well, that's fair enough. Yes, people do want to sleep better, and they have bad backs and all that kind of stuff. But that's not the trigger. You know, if you ask those people, how long have you had a bad back for? Oh, about four years. You know." How long have you not been sleeping well in your mattress? Oh, about three years. So clearly, people are putting up with their unmet needs for a, a, a decent period of time. What you want to know is actually the trigger that made them decide to do something about that need. So the trigger for a mattress, if you're interested, 
is usually like someone coming to stay or them getting a new job and they know they're going to have to get up earlier or them having a child and know that they're going to have to sleep better or something they need to perform for and they can't put up with this anymore. So the triggers are really important because the triggers are the things that motivate them to actually do the purchase. And if we know those triggers, then our email captures on our guides, on our uh, bait and on uh, the bait for the email, if it's surrounded about the trigger, then we're going to get a much better response for it. So like coming back to the bespoke suit, it's like, what are the triggers for, for buying a bespoke suit? Go into a wedding, go into an important job, getting a promotion, going in interview. You know, it's like if you know those triggers, you can say, you know, what's the best uh, suit to have made for a wedding? And it, and it how, once you understand the, the, you know, the, you said two things there. You said, well, what's the job to be done? You said the job to be done is one thing and the trigger is another thing. Mm. Once you understand that, it helps you understand your whole marketing direction. It helps you understand what your photography should be like, what your copy should be right, like yeah. what your reassurances yeah. should be like, what your warranties should look. It helps you understand you know, the whole messaging, the perception, the positioning, mm. the credibility mm. of the website. What's your strap line? It helps was, you understand all of those things. I was talking to Andrew earlier today, the, the guy that's selling stuff, and I was saying – on Boxing Day, you want to be sending out an email that says, didn't get something you wanted for Christmas. Why don't you get something for your sailing? Because often, like a dad who's into sailing or, you know, someone like that, they'll do all sorts of stuff like chocolates and socks and stuff. But he says, well, what I really want is a new, is a new rudder for my, for my laser boat. And that's what I want. Yeah. And you hit me on Boxing Day and kind of go, well, I didn't really get anything I really wanted. I'll treat myself to the new uh, tiller for the boat i can't remember what they're called now i haven't sailed for such a long time tiller it is a tiller isn't it, it is yeah. yeah um and so you know like that's the trigger the trigger is he hasn't got something he actually wanted and he goes oh everybody else got something i'm gonna get something for myself i'm gonna treat myself i do that all the time like i just had a birthday i'm like eh, i don't really get something i'm gonna buy myself another six thousand dollars worth of Sonos stuff i haven't done that yet i've kind of resisted but you know, it's in it's in my mind. <laughs> Sana sending yeah. another email. I'll be jumping over the hoop. So it's it's the triggers and that's well, what's happening then. Mm. So with the Sonos stuff, actually, is the job to be done for the Sonos is actually, of course, you want you want beautifully awesome sound. You'll be able to walk into different rooms, and it's just a great system, and everybody thinks you're amazing. But the trigger might be a New Year's Eve party or a you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, an event at your home that might be the trigger that makes you do it. So therefore, you you start to understand what your messaging and your and your your marketing should be, what your photography yeah. should be. Well, look at, so look at mom, mom and dad one. coming to stay at our house. It was a massive trigger. Like like it, like we didn't um, obviously do everything for them. Like we didn't you know go and get a new, the house decorated and all that kind of stuff. But it was the trigger that made us get it finished. And so. You know, everything got done. We wanted everything done for that date, and it was a big milestone. And everything. They just came in and criticised everything. You missed a bit here. Yeah, yeah. You could have. Could have got off our bed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's my father too. Yeah. No, they were they were fine because they were really tired and and jet lagged. So they were sleep. They really just went to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, you know what? The, one of the things that we use, sorry, it's coming back to e-commerce, but one of the things that we use to find out the job to be done, the trigger, and what people care about is obviously the anxiety work. So we look at the reviews, look at what they love, and that mm-hmm. tends to give you the job to be done, the positive reviews, the ones that are four and four or five and above, um, and the ones that are three or below are the negative, you know, negative ones, and that, and that tends to uncover the anxieties. It doesn't cover the triggers, really. then, does it? <coughs> no, it the doesn't cover the triggers. But you often get some of the triggers by looking at the positive reviews. Yeah, you know, but still, it's, them, it's harder. It is harder to find the triggers. It comes from experience in your market. But the first thing to know is that you've, hmm. like, people don't realize they have to look for the triggers. They don't know that they're there. But you, when you realize you're looking for the triggers, you, I tended to learn it like from selling menswear, from writing the emails after week after week after week with trying different things and started to understand what the triggers were. And once I started hitting the triggers, I was like, oh, well, that, that hit. 
And that was the trigger. So like yeah. the, the reason I, the Boxing Day one of getting someone for yourself, that was a Father's Day email. My first, best Father's Day email for the men's suit person was the little buggers not, the little bugger didn't, the little buggers didn't buy you what you want. Why don't you treat yourself? That went massive. That was massive because it just tapped yeah. into a trigger to say, yeah, that little bugger never gets me anything. I'm going to get myself a, what, you know, a blazer or something like that. Um, so it, it's, it, the triggers are there, but for you to uncover, particularly like if you're selling jewelry and things like that, it's to understand, understand those triggers. Um, but probably they are there. selling jewelry. The only thing is to say, it's a good, good example though, actually say the problem with, with jewelry is it's gifting. Yeah. And when you're buying a gift for somebody, it tends to be quite a problem-solving, rational purchase. You know, you've, you've got a problem. You know, you've got yeah. to, you've got to find a gift quick. You know, because the event's coming up on Sunday or whatever it is, and the last thing you're going to do is sign up for the newsletter, aren't you? Yeah, you know, also, okay, I want to. You, so that's that's would, you've got to often know where the, the customer is. Yeah, the trigger's quite easy because it's like I need to buy a gift for something. It's interesting is when you've done the gift. When I've looked at a lot of Facebook ads on the gifting thing with the big gifts that people kind of what the adverts were was the person receiving the gift and being amazed. Yes. Was it? Cause that's what someone's buying. They're not buying well, a piece of jewelry. Yeah. They're actually buying the experience of delighting someone as they give them the gift and seeing their reaction. That's what they're buying. That's that is the job to be done. The emotional yeah. reaction, the, the, the job to be done is the emotional reaction that the recipient is going to, is going to get when they open the box and they go, Oh my God, wow. I can't believe you got me this amazing present. You must love me so much. Yeah. Wow. Which is why Thank unboxing so videos in those kind of industries are so good because people are going, oh, I wonder what's in here. And like they're, they're opening it and they're amazing. Oh, that's amazing. So you think, well, if I buy that for someone, they're going to have that experience. They're going to think well, that I'm amazing because I've done actually, that for do you, them. Do you remember us working with that company that was selling, um, like you could buy a gift. It was, it was land. You could buy, you could buy gifts in Scotland. Lords, yes. Lords yeah, and, and, titles. and there was a big player who'd come in, and we were looking at their um, their ads on on social media and what ads, and they, and the, and their ads purely were videos, dead simple, but videos of the emotional reaction that the person that was getting the gift uh, they filmed them, they just filmed them, their face like wow, like just like, mm. oh. yeah. and they were like wow, and that was it. That was all it was. And you think about it, that is classic. Understanding what the job to be done is, you know, why you would buy a gift for somebody. You're not buying a gift for the gift. You're buying, you're buying it for, to, to make the person that you're giving it to feel that you feel that you really love them. And it's amazing. That, that reaction that they go, that's what you're buying. And that's what the, that's what the ads were. And it's, you know, sounds quite complicated what we're saying, but it isn't. It's well, a see, complicated that, theory. If you break that down, if you break that down, is the trigger... Triggers they need to buy a gift. The the first step might be getting their email address on the site for someone to say, look, you know, get this and get this free or whatever it is or something on the website. They get the email address and then you present them with the job to be done, Don. You, you send them videos, you send them um, images of people being delighted with a purchase and little funny videos of that. Then they go, gosh, all these people are absolutely loving this experience. I'm going to go and buy that for my father. And then it's it's kind of like nice and neat. You've got a nice, neat, kind of like e-commerce funnel. You understand what they and want the, to do and first. I am, yeah, and really, we, you know, this is the whole remarketing stuff. This is this is this is the remarketing on Facebook. This is remarketing yeah. everywhere. You know, you know, it doesn't just need to be email, but it's it's like you know, you, when you do remarketing, well, what what are you going to remark? What are you going to say? Yeah, you know, where is that customer? Where are they? You know. This is, if you think about remarketing, a lot of the time people are talking about, well, they added something to the basket and they didn't buy, so we're going to remarket it with what they had in the basket. Now, that's that's easy. Everybody can do that. You know, It's like, I almost bought this product. There it is. Okay, I'll go and buy it. That makes sense. But for the people who didn't get that far, they're not warmed up enough to be able to send them around with a, cas- with a, with a carousel ad. So you, you've got to move them through that warm-up process. So that's why, you know, in that case of the, the gift, You've got to show them pictures of people accepting the gifts and being really happy because then they're warmed up enough to kind of go, I'm going to go and get that experience for somebody else. Because otherwise, if we just send them the product, it's like, yeah, I saw that product. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't what I wanted. I don't think it was enough. So you have to understand what phase people are in 
in order to kind of push them through to the next step. But really what this podcast was supposed to be about, and I think we've, and like all the time we go off topic, but that's fine, is more about what, what the stickiness is on the first visit that we're trying to do. And then, and mm. our crit- main criticism is that the 10% off voucher isn't always the right thing to do. It, it, especially if you're selling bigger things and you should be looking for ways to capture the email address that allows people to get started. And if you can't capture the email address directly, then ask doing it part of a quiz or some kind of find a wizard or something like that, that kind of gives them engagement and leads them to somewhere to bring Mm. them in to start it off because it's moving the browser from a passive position to an active position. And it's called, I think it's cognitive dissonance. Once you've stopped being passive on the website and clicked on it and interacted with it, you feel like you should continue because you've, you've, you feel like your actions, you want to be co- coherent with your actions. Well, you, you want to justify the actions you've taken. Mm. You know, yes, this is the right thing. To, yes. you know. Oh, I seem to be spending a bit of time on this website. I must be engaged. I must be in the right place. That what happens in the human brain, and I think I mentioned this last week, is people make a decision and then they justify this decision rationally with the brain because they don't, re- they don't want to admit that their, their decision was random. No one wants to feel like they're out of control. But unfortunately... That's how decisions, a lot of decisions are made. The decisions are made sometimes with the subconscious and then the rational mind on top of it kind of, kind of goes, what's going on? And, and like having watched somebody with dementia, which is a horrible thing, you can see that even more so. Like my mother-in-law, when she was, she'd find herself somewhere and then she would create a story of why she was there because she got no idea. But that's obviously an extreme case. But that's what we're, Unfortunately, that's what we do as humans all the time is we don't know what we're doing and we put rational, rational stories on there. Not, not, to, not to the same degree as that, but it's, it's interesting how the mind works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it is true. And I, th- I think generally, I think people are sort of, you know, we've always said when people are on your website, you know, imagine they've had like, you know, two gin and tonics and, the, you know, they're yeah. sort of, you know, they're not really, you know, they're not really, they're sort of paying half an attention, you know, clicking around randomly, browsing, surfing. And, yeah. you, know, not, not, you know, they're not really as attentive as you think they are. And no. I also think, I think that is relevant for the newsletter sign up too. Like if you, if you do, a, you know, a decent newsletter hook, you know, they don't really remember why they signed up to your newsletter. You know, they don't really care what the offer architecture was or the discount was, you know, but if you've, if you've then, you know, obviously using Clavio, behavioral-based emails, you, and you're helping them, you know, bridging that gap between, you know, where they are in their head, you know, yesterday and then how, when they need to get to in order to make the purchase, which could be quite a lot of work, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the newsletter sign-up was. They know no, what it was. They don't remember. They don't, you know, they don't phone you up and go, uh, "Excuse me, you know, I, I, I signed up for this newsletter, and actually, you sent me, you know, a, you know, t- you know, two weeks later, you sent me this." It didn't happen. No. <laughs> you no. Know? It's and also it's like IKEA. If you go into IKEA, it's the way the process is set up, it's very difficult to come out with IKEA without anything. And you think, well, how did that happen? I've got a bloody trolley full of stuff, and I only came in for an ironing board. You know, it's it's the process. Well, that's what subtle. retailers that's what retailers are very good at. You know, mm. supermarkets. You yeah. know, this, that was the whole that was the whole reason why they would move. They would put milk at the back and originally, and they'd put magazines in a certain place, and they put the nappies and the red wine together. Yeah, because they knew that people would. Go. And it's you know they're very good at that. And and I think online generally struggles. Is that because people wear nappies whilst they drink red wine? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think you've got a problem? No, you? If no. Actually, do you know? Do you know what it was? What yeah. it was is that, and this is this is an old story, and it goes back some years, and it's not a. It's probably completely inappropriate now. But what would happen is the the wife would be at home um, with the you know picture the kids from school and the baby, and the husband would be would be driving back from work. And she would phone the husband and say, can you get some nappies on the way home from work? And 
he would go into the to the store, get the nappies, and the and if he could see the a bottle of red wine in the vicinity of the nappies next to it in his eye shot, he'd pick up the bottle of red wine at the same time. Right. And those two, they put them together, and of course they made. And that and, and that is, we need to change that story because it's it, it completely irrelevant now because it's an old it's not, story. Not but I imagine that it's was still the, happening. Could be the well, wife is, coming home. Want, just as much, like, and yeah, the husband it's saying, what I mean. get some nappies, and the wife goes in, and she goes, bloody hell, I'm going to go home, I need to get some wine so I can cope with the evening. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly right. If it worked with me, it'd have to be chocolate. I'd be like, you got yeah. some nappies? Yes, and I've got a lot of chocolate. Got all the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether or not that's good. It's quite, it is quite, actually quite a difficult conversation to to talk about isn't it the you know the bridging the gap between emotion and where the customer starts and where they end i think that's just the thing if someone's mm. coming in for the first time doesn't know who you are doesn't really know if you're the right place to buy this thing from you know, how are you mm. going to get them from that emotional state to them actually buying you know, yeah. what's the, what, are the, what, what, what stages is that particularly, customer going to have to yeah, go particularly through? Yeah, if you think, well, I've got to take them, I've got to take this person through these stages. I've got to warm them up here. They've got to believe this, this, and this about me. They've got to believe, you know, in order for them to buy this, they've got to do all this. And you go, well, what's the chances I'm going to be able to do that in four minutes on the website? It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So therefore, I've got to kind of be able to be able to have a wider conversation with them a longer conversation with them, which may happen over a period, a period of time. Yeah. And in order to do that, I've got to open up a method of doing that. And, yeah. and if that's, you know, if that might be yeah. email, it might be Facebook groups, it might be remarketing, it might be everything, all of those things. Yeah. But what yeah. conversation do you need to have with them over yeah. what time period to get them from that A to B yeah. step? That's and that's it. Technology. So forget trying to sell them trying to sell the product. Oh, I want to sell it. No. Yeah. Don't yeah. even know who you are. Exactly. Do you want an offer? Do you want an offer? No. I don't want an offer yet. No. You haven't convinced me that you can even deliver it. There's no evidence. Of... Anyway. Yeah. We'll finish there. We'll there shall it's late for you. Yeah. And it's, I know. Uh, I'm tired. God's you know, sake. Got to go and watch the football highlights and, uh, yeah. and enjoy it. England out of the World Cup. Obviously, it's terrible. It's shame. But, yeah. Good news for Welsh and Scottish people who will be rejoicing. Um, anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, we will speak to you all soon and uh, have a great week. Thanks, Mark. Bye.